Hi, everyone. This is Lindsay, one of the hosts of Yield Crime. Just wanted to give you a heads up that since you were listening to an earlier episode of Yield Crime, you may notice that the audio quality isn't the best. It does get better, I promise. If you are willing to stick with it, great. If you'd rather start with better quality audio, I would suggest skipping ahead to episode 19 when we purchased newer, better audio equipment. And on that note, thank you for listening and on with the show. Hey y'all, I'm Kim. And I'm Lark. And we host Kudzu Killers, Homicide, and Sweet Team. Each week we discuss the juicy details of real life murders that happen in the southern U.S., sometimes with inappropriate laughter. But we try to be nice. The stories may be old, cold, or recent. Whatever we find that perks our ears. We download a new episode every Tuesday. You can find us on all the major apps as well as a few minor ones. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, all the rest. Just drop on by our host page at BuzzFrag. Com and pick your favorite app to download us on and be sure and listen. And be sure to check our blog at cutsukillerspodcast.blogspot.com where we have extra content that was just too much for our little show. So y'all come on, sit down with us and have a big old glass of sweet tea and enjoy listening to us talk all things murder. Bye now. Bye y'all. Welcome to Yield Crime, where we discuss the funny, strange, and obscure crimes of yesteryear. I'm your host, Lindsay Valenti, and with me is my sister and co-host, Maddie Stengel. Hello. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Not too bad. Got my coffee. I actually, yesterday, bought myself a new coffee maker. Wow. Mm -hmm. How is it? I like it a lot. So I got... um, the Mr. Coffee, it's like the mini like five cup brewer and it's got a programmable thing so I can set it to like brew later, which is great because then I can have it ready for you in the morning. Yeah. So I can, I can have it ready when I get back from walking Kona, like a solid two cups worth of coffee. Nice. So pretty great. Um, my friend Sarah gave me her old Keurig view. I can't figure it out. I keep messing it up. So it has like grounds everywhere. And I, I, I'm surrendering and I'm going to have her come over and like ask me about it. Cause like, apparently there's like a frothing setting. Ooh. Yeah. That's fancy. So I'm like, I got to Google the manual. Up your coffee game. Let's see what sort of fancy schmancy coffee options I have. Mm-hmm. But for right now, I'm drinking Water Joe, which is caffeinated water. Ooh. Not sponsored, but would like to. Uh-huh. So anybody that works for Water Joe, you just hit me up. There you go. Just reach out to us at yieldcrimepodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Delicious. So like I mentioned in our last episode, the month of August, Maddie has picked out our topics for the month. And I already forgot them, so I'm going to be surprised. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. And that's good. Yay! (laughs) So the first one we are going to be covering is Tombland Alley. Is this the haunted one? The haunted alley in England. Yes. Specifically Norwich, England. 
uh, information for this story, I pulled it from a lot of different places. So there's a 2019 Eastern Daily Press article by Stacia Briggs and Siafra Connor. A 2019 Spooky Isles article by Rick Hale. A 2020 Outline Online article by Jessica Hart. I think that's an alias. And information from Britain Express, Atlas Obscura, Norwich 360, Paranormal Database, and last but obviously not least, Wikipedia. And I will have links to all of these articles in the show notes. So as I sort of explained, Tombland Alley is located in Norwich, England, and has quite the storied past. And the name is a combination of two old English words that mean open ground or empty space. Empty space? Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of sad. So it actually has like nothing to do with like dead people, really. This is just an empty space. This is an empty space. <laughs> Fuck this place. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to start with one of the most famous buildings in Toonland Alley, the Augustine Stewart House. So Toonland Alley is a pedestrian footpath between Toonland and Prince's Street. And on the south side is the Church of St. George Toomland, even though the path runs through the middle of the graveyard itself. Ooh. Yeah. So, like, you'll be okay. walking along with your dog and then be, like, walking in the middle of a cemetery. Not creepy at all. And then you're, you're like, please don't pee on any of the... Yeah, please be respectful to all of these people yeah. who had died was, we centuries really ago. We actually went to go visit... Uh, my grandmother's grave and I had Willie with me and it's like lush green grass, like perfect, beautiful landscape. And the whole time I was like, please don't poop on someone. Please don't poop on someone. Please don't poop on someone. Yeah. And he was so respectful. He like went to the very edge of the, the like area and peed on like a pile of a giant pile of like weeds. Mm-hmm. And then when he did have to go number two, he went in the ditch in front of it. And I was yeah. like, that's nice. It's like, you knew, you knew there were dead bodies here and you were like, nah, man. Yeah. He's such a good boy. He is a good boy. So back to Tombland. Yeah. Sorry. Graveyard. It's okay. Graveyard. Graveyard so, walking path. Yeah. It's been noted that the level of the graveyard has been raised several times over the past centuries to accommodate the number of people who died during the plagues that hit the area from the 14th to the 16th centuries. Ooh. Yeah. So like so just lots- like a bunch of bodies on bodies? Bunch of mass graves, yeah. And people like casually take a walk down it? <laughs> yep, pretty much. Gross. Yep. All right. The most famous aspect of Tombland Alley as I mentioned, is Augustine Stewart House, which is a crooked two-door timber frame structure on the north side of the path. And the house itself dates all the way back to 1504 and belonged to Augustine Stewart, who was a wealthy merchant, member of parliament, and three-time mayor of Norwich. And apparently didn't have a level. Nope. He also had 11 children, but that's not really the point of the story. I just thought it was interesting enough to include. Wow. Has a lot of kids. But tilted house? Yep. Damn. It makes me think of like that one nursery rhyme, the crooked old woman who lived in the crooked house. I just think of the shoe immediately and I'm like, I oh, know yeah. this is wrong. Yeah. But just a giant wealthy merchant in the shoe. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I am uh, so wealthy. <laughs> with, with a rotating door 
I am so wealthy with my leather home. So when Ket's Rebellion broke out in 1549, Stuart led negotiations between the army and the local rebels, and he also entertained the Marquis of Northampton at his home. But after Lord Sheffield and Sir Thomas Cornwallis were seized and killed, his home became the headquarters for the Earl of Warwick's army. See, in America, we have a law against that where you can say no to the army being in your house. Be like, no, thanks. So for a lot of people that don't know what it is, because I didn't, Ket's Rebellion came about after wealthy landowners tried to parcel out common land which left the peasants in the area with nowhere to graze their animals. Nice. And they were like, yeah, fuck that. And fuck okay. you. We're going to murder you now. Yep. Good, good choice. Yep. <laughs> and 1571, Stuart died. That's all I know about it. And the house, I didn't say how, and the house yeah. qu- quickly gained use for a variety of different purposes over the years, including as a butcher shop, bookshop, brokers, and a coffee shop. It's quite the layer of smells, though. Yeah. And from what I read, now there's um, an antique store in that space. Ooh, the smells. <laughs> yeah. And when the plague broke out in Norfolk in 1578, several families succumbed. Mm-hmm. And the illness was described as, quote, giving its victims intolerable pain from the heat of the head. The eyes became swollen and fiery, the tongue bloody, respiration became difficult, and the breath fetid. Vomiting bilious matters were frequent for the afflicted before the body finally became livid with scattered pimples that bred worms. Death came swiftly, usually within two or three days. End quote. Worms? Yeah. And many at the time believed that the plague attacked the city after a visit uh, after a visit from Queen Elizabeth I. Oh, you know, because she didn't like him. Yeah. And she stayed in Norwich for five days in August of 1578. The Queen stayed at Bishop's Palace, which is located close to Augustine Stewart's house. And the belief was that the plague had followed her from London. I mean. Either way. Wash your hands. They didn't know that. Yeah. And either way, for two years, the plague killed thousands of people in Norwich with the dead piled high on carts. And there's a long held belief that a plague pit also lies below what used to be Samson and Hercules on Tombland. And as the plague ravaged the city, orders were sent out to seal up buildings. And these same orders were carried out during the Great Plague of 1665. So many plagues. Yep. And the orders were as follows. So, quote... Sick or infected people were to be moved from houses and the house itself would be shut up and locked for 40 days with a red cross and Lord have mercy upon us in capital letters written on the door. After the 40 day period, a white cross would be affixed to the door for another 20 days while the house was fumigated, cleaned and painted with lime. With lime. Yep. That'll fix it. <laughs> yep. Clothes and household items had to stay in the house for an additional three months. End quote. Dang. So if you were poor, you were ruined. If you didn't die from it, yeah, you were done. And it's said that one family was accidentally boarded into their home, but the reason why isn't known. 
Perhaps they were too sick to let people know they were there. But either way, the bailiffs returned weeks later to discover a horrifying sight. Mm. While moving about the home to fumigate and cleanse it, the bodies of two adults, a husband and wife, were found. And at first glance, nothing appeared to be off until they found human teeth marks on their legs. And next to the bodies of the couple, they found the corpse of a young girl, but she didn't appear to have died from the plague. Instead, it's believed she had died after choking to death on the flesh of her parents after she'd been forced to eat them in order to survive being trapped inside the house all alone. How do do they kind of give roughly how old she was? No. Mm. But it's said that the ghost of this young girl haunts the surrounding area of Tombland Alley behind the house near where the land is raised in the graveyard to accommodate all the plague victims. Yeah, I bet. Like, there'd be so much fear and rage. Mm -hmm. She is always reported as wearing ragged gray clothes, and many Mm -hmm. residents of the area have seen or felt the girl's presence. She's known to move objects around at night and open and close doors, which are two of her favorite pastimes. (laughs) her favorite pastime is just opening doors (laughs) maybe because she couldn't if you really think about it that's so sad yeah man i should do that like for eternity yeah and lord sheffield who i mentioned earlier and who has since been nicknamed sam is also said to haunt the area after suffering a stabbing during the cat's rebellion he was taken to the nearby Adam and Eve pub, where he died shortly after. And it's said that his ghost often makes itself known by running his fingers through people's hair and ringing the bell when the pub is empty. Ew. Yeah. No. I bet he's, like, surprised that people wash their hair now. <laughs> like, it's so soft. <laughs> How? <laughs> Either that or he's got some... Weird they should fetish. use it for like a dry shampoo commercial or something. <laughs> <laughs> Approved by Lord Sheffield himself. So smooth. <laughs> Kid tested, ghost approved. Right. Gross. And the next place we're going to go to is the Maid's Head Hotel. Maid's Head Hotel. Okay. Yep. Another famous building in Tombland is the Maid's Head Hotel, which dates back to the early 13th century. Dang. A maze of six different interconnected buildings. It boasts an odd mix of architectural styles, the foundation of which is said to have once belonged to early bishops from the time of William the Conqueror. Okay. Still in operation to this day, it's hosted a variety of famous clientele over the years, including the Black Prince, which is Prince Edward, the eldest son of King Edward III. Okay. In 1359, as well as Cardinal Wolsey, and Catherine of Aragon. Okay. And Queen Elizabeth I also spent a night there in a room that has since been renamed the Queen Elizabeth Suite. And fun fact, the Maid's Head was also home to Norwich's first Masonic temple. That checks out. Yeah. It'd be a bunch of, like, just a bunch of uh, enough voodoo to be like, you know, we should settle here. (laughs) All those bishops create a good spooky foundation. And the hotel is said to be haunted by two entities, the Grey Maid and the former mayor. <laughs> the mayor. Yep. 
So the gray maid can be seen in the halls of the hotel and is described as a woman in her 60s wearing an outdated gray maid's uniform. She's also been seen in the bar area and goes about her business apparently forever doing her daily chores, which sucks. That sucks. I wonder how many sick days and vacation days she has. (laughs) Never. She never takes a day off. She just doesn't want to take a day off. I'll never retire. (laughs) I love this place. (laughs) Literally. She can also be seen vanishing down the stairs to the basement in the bar area. Nope. And her presence leaves behind an overwhelming scent of musty lavender. That checks out. She was 60 years old. Yeah. Like a musty gray uniform. Yeah. Mothballs. <laughs> and the uniform she's said to wear was common in the 17th and early 18th centuries. And attempts mm-hmm. to figure out her true identity have so far been fruitless. Like there's just, they it's have no idea. It's pretty impressive that she's that old. Mm-hmm. Especially that during time. that time. Yeah, exactly. That's probably why she's still working. She's like, I'm immortal, bitch. <laughs> I ate oranges and didn't get scurvy. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> Want me to wash your dishes? <laughs> so while the gray maid is more of a benign spirit, the former mayor is reported to be the exact opposite. So guests and staff alike have reported encountering this grumpy old man who is often seen shaking his head and mumbling to himself in obvious displeasure. And no one knows for certain why he always appears to be in such a foul mood each time he is seen, whether it's in the halls of the hotel itself or in the courtyard outside. And he'll only appear for a moment before vanishing. So he disappears and is like, I hate everything. And then he like <laughs> poofs out of existence. Right. <laughs> this would have never happened if I was still the mayor. <laughs> everything sucks. You guys are doing it all wrong. Right. That's really funny. But like, he's not that malicious. He's just judgy. He's just so judgy. He's like, (laughs) God, none of you guys can do anything right. Right. Like the gray maid's doing her best, like going about her day, having a good time. And then he's just like, God, (laughs) them again. Someone's not tending the rose bush properly. (sighs) He just, I just imagine him like scoffing. Like if you were to be yep. close enough to him when he appeared, you'd hear him going like, like spirit box. And that's all you could hear from him. <laughs> oh <my laughs> or like God. clicking his teeth, like. Or just being like, I don't approve. Like grumbles. Yeah. Like, what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> Can you speak up, sir? <laughs> and the last person we're going to talk about is father ignatius 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 thank you that was a very (laughs) brief (laughs) he was ignatius all the time saint of tums (laughs) (laughs) the patron saint of tums patron saint of tums i feel so relieved now (laughs) i don't feel like shitting myself ignatius Such a tiny thing. So adding to the cast of characters is Father Ignatius. 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 A preacher and mystic who established a monastery in Elm Hill, Norwich in 1863. Okay. So he's so far the youngest. Yes. So Father Ignatius, who was also known as Joseph Leicester Line, would encourage people to join him in prayer as he wanted to revive monasteries in the Church of England. 
and those that refused to join him were subsequently cursed and oddly enough actually died wow that's that's fucked up yeah. <laughs> just like, like you're either with me or you're dead <laughs> it's not with me or against me it's like <laughs> you're either gonna do this right now like i don't care if you need to tend to your flock yep i'm tending to my flock <laughs> bitch you're out <laughs> yeah oh and did i mention oh. that he spoke to ghosts because he he also spoke to ghosts oh well yeah because that's his flock yeah. it's probably the cursed people he's like you gonna pray now <laughs> i said join me in prayer okay right. so father ignatius which translates to the fiery one and his followers moved to Elm Hill and were met with fierce resistance from the locals who were extremely anti-papal and often hurled insults at the monks. <laughs> yeah, that's why he cursed everybody. Yeah, he was like, oh my God, fuck all of you guys. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> so I'm just going to call him Father Iggy now because okay. I keep second guessing myself whenever I go to say it. So Father Iggy was a troubled man who never properly recovered from severe beatings he would receive as a child at St. Paul's School in London. And in fact, he was punished almost to death on multiple occasions for disobedience. Wow. So he was either a troublemaker or just a scapegoat. Yeah. He had one of those faces. (laughs) He just looked like a little bitch. He might have had one of those faces because if people just like throw stuff at him. Yeah. Unprompted. They're just like. This guy. <laughs> I just want to punch him in the face. We're so not I'm going to. This for dinner anymore because I threw it at Father Ignatius. <laughs> so Father Iggy moved into 16 Elm Hill with his followers and renamed it the Benedictine Chapel of the Priory of St. Mary and St. Dunstan. It's too long. The Priory was often described as a sort of halfway house for Roman Catholic monks who broke their vows, Anglican priests who became alcoholics, and those who were mentally and spiritually imbalanced. Wow, sounds like a great place to live. Yeah, so kind of like a motley crew, fun right. little misfits. This is like the beginning of a National Lampoon movie. Yep. And almost immediately after building his own church, dark rumors started to circulate about town. One of his brothers, named Augustine, no relation to Augustine Stewart, formed an inappropriate relationship with a 15-year-old boy named Samuel Hass. And he was then accused of kidnapping and mesmerizing the sons of Protestant families in the area. Sure. Mesmerizing. Yeah. You're right. Because um, you can't be born as a homosexual. Yeah. yeah. You're mesmerized by a great yep. old man. <laughs> yep. And when another brother left the order in 1865 with another young boy, people started to understandably lose their shit. Yeah. And stories about the harsh punishments he'd deal out didn't help matters at all. Um, When he learned that members of his order had attended a local dance without him, the guilty women were forced to lie in ashes on the chapel floor while the men were publicly whipped on the altar steps. Wow. All because he had FOMO? Yep. Wow. Because he was like, I told you not to go to dances because that's the devil's work. And... And you didn't invite me. (laughs) Exactly. And you also didn't invite me. (laughs) And you said, I can't come, so I'm going to beat you. (laughs) Yep, pretty much. Wow. When he wasn't punishing his flock, he was openly cursing those who refused to pray with him, many of whom were said to have passed shortly after. And eventually the people of Elm Hill had had enough. 
And when people began to cry out that he had that they hadn't been paid for building his church, and after the landlord the landlord reclaimed his property, Father Iggy found himself well and truly fucked. Uh huh. And even though he moved to London before eventually purchasing an abbey in Wales and dying there in 1908, his spirit is said to have returned to Elm Hill, where he is often seen carrying a large black Bible and stopping to curse those who pass him. Wow, he's just sunshine in a bottle, isn't he? Yeah. Wow. And those are the ghosts of Tombland Alley. Crazy. Do you, so do they see like... I feel like if if you walked by like those plague mass graves, mm-hmm. there's not like random ones that kind of show up every now and then, like a couple or. If there were, they weren't noted anywhere. Okay. Um, I would feel like you know. I mean, why not like hang out with each other if you're there forever? You know. Yeah, I'm sure there are more that aren't mentioned, but the most popular ones are. Obviously, the little girl that apparently ate her parents and That's so choked sad. to death. Um, you know, and Lord, Sh- I, I hope that Lord Sheffield, when he's not hanging out at the pub, is like hanging out with the little girl, and maybe they're just like playing maybe a game that's of why he likes cutting hair. Maybe like, plays with her hair, yeah, in a not creepy way, in more of a fatherly way. Maybe, hopefully, he dings the bell. She opens the door. Yeah, but it's a good time. Maybe the door opening and closing is them playing hide and seek together. Okay. That's just a really cute game of hide and seek. <laughs> He's like, I found you. And she's like, hee 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 hee. She's like, finally. I died here. Finally, someone did. <laughs> Jerks. So, since this is kind of a shorter episode, I thought I would share another listener story that we got. Yay! So after hearing the stories that were sent in previously about the Taunton State Hospital, Mm -hmm. another listener who wants to remain anonymous um, sent their own list of paranormal experiences. And this is what they have to say. Well, there's two common ones that have been seen by more than just me. This girl who looks like she's in her young 20s comes across kind of shy and we only see her in the same bathroom or peeking out into the hallway slightly from the bathroom. Where is this? Sorry. This is at Taunton State Hospital. Okay. So it's it's at the same hospital. So it's it's someone who like might work there or like has stayed there at some point? Yes. Okay. And apparently there's a tall guy that she literally can't even begin to give details on, but definitely looks like a guy. But in her two encounters with him, he moved really fast. Gross. She said, I was cleaning a bathroom and saw him go by the bathroom and thought it was one of my coworkers. But when I looked again, he was gone. And another time, a coworker and I were freaking out because it was about 9 p.m. and we were hearing a crazy bang noise. So we turned around and see this dude speed walking at us and noped out of there and literally ran full force like, like children. Wow. And there was one incident in the same area where I was alone and heard someone say hi. So I yelled hi and looked around, realizing I was alone. And I also ran away. Yeah. She said in a different building, a lot of people report seeing a doctor in a white coat and even report talking to him. And then 
they showed them the picture of Dr. Chambers, who the Chambers building was obviously named for, and they freaked out and said that was the person they had seen. I suppose he's probably just really proud of the fact that it's named after him. So he's like, you know, I'm just going to stick around, make sure you guys don't screw it up. Give yeah. me some advice on diagnosing. Yeah. And she continues that there's a lot of ghost stories around Taunton State, but those are the ones that she's heard and personally experienced. Wow. Um, she said, the girl freaked me out the first time I had someone else mention her. And she just, because she had just kind of decided she was a figment of her imagination. Mm-hmm. But when someone else took over the area, he happened to mention to her, hey, did you ever see the girl in the bathroom? And that's when she freaked out. Yeah. And with the second tall man incident. There was a second one? Well, the one where her coworker was there with her and also oh, saw yeah. him. That also, like, really fucked with her. Because she, because she said, we know every patient and worker there. And it wasn't yeah. too human in movement. It was kind of swinging its arms too much. Ooh. And she said, almost like something out of a Slender Man story. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, and I've so done she, too. Yeah. And she says, so that's why she does not go to chambers at night anymore. Yeah. 100%. It's not yeah. worth the extra, what, like 50 cents to a dollar an hour. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> the differential, the night differential. Yeah. Dang. Well, thank you for sending it in. That's horrifying. Yeah. It's terrifying. Jeez. So this week's podcast shout out is the Kudzu Killers podcast, which is awesome. Yeah. And it's a true crime podcast, which features a couple of honest to goodness Southern gals (laughs) that discuss um, compelling tales of Southern style homicide. Southern style homicide. Yep. What's the difference? They happen in the South. (laughs) They just say bless their heart. <laughs> bless their heart. <laughs> so Kim and Lark discuss a variety of fascinating stories from cannibals to creepos and everything in between. And I've personally listened to them and I they're good friends of ours on social media. And I very much encourage you to give them a listen. And I will include a link to their podcast in the show notes as well. That's awesome. Sounds very similar to ours. Yeah, it's... It's great. They do an awesome job. Cool. And to close out the episode, instead of doing like our something good. Yeah. I thought we could try something different and um, answer some questions from people. People want to get to know us? Get to know your questions. Oh, Oh, here, before we go, before we start, I just want to say... um, we saw the review of somebody wishing me happy birthday on my birthday. And that was like the cutest thing ever. Uh, That really warmed my heart. So thank you. I did have a good birthday. Yay. Birthday. And now I'm a 31 year old lady. So living the dream. Thank you. That was so cute. It was so nice. So our first question comes from Holly and Danielle of the spooky hour podcast. Okay. And they want to know, what's your favorite case you've covered so far? What's my favorite what? Case. Favorite story that we've covered so far. That we've covered? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know we've only had like 10 episodes, but... Honestly, the phallic statues and like, imagery. <laughs> it was just so fun. It was so fun to do. Um, 
And it was something that like was super unexpected. So I really liked that episode. I thought it was um, just a nice, easy episode. Nice yeah. Case. What about you? See, that's hard because I like each well, of them for them. different. Yeah. And I like each of them for different reasons. Yeah. So let's see. Based on your current mood. Based on my current mood and the fact that I'm wearing my beef tea t-shirt right now, I'm going to have to go with the Marianne Cotton episode. Okay. Just because I feel like we had some really good back and forth in that episode. Mm -hmm. And that was um, a really fun one to do. Mm -hmm. So that would be my, my favorite of the ones that we have done so far. Nice. So, so yeah. Thank you for the question. Yeah. Thank you, Holly and Danielle. Go check out the Spooky Hour podcast. Let's still see something good. What's something good that you'd like to share? Something good? Mm-hmm. Um, well, something good is I... So this week was my birthday. And I got to have like a social distance interactions with some of the people I really love in my life. And it was just a nice fun, fuzzy, warm feeling week. And my cake, uh, if you check out our Instagram, you can see it. I'm really proud of it. It's like this Frankenstein cake. Actually, I had a, I woke up from a dream and, and figured out what kind of cake I wanted. So I got, it's like a, a rainbow chip. So it's not funfetti, but it's like funfetti. And then um, I had a bunch of these mini cookies that were going to go bad that I wasn't going to eat. So I just chopped them all up and put them in the cake. And then I turned the frosting blue like a cookie monster. And it turned out really well. Like it was pretty great. It was a really good cake. The cookies weren't dry, which I was so thankful for. I was so worried that it was going to be like this weird, like soft cake with crunchy bits. Um, because, uh, Lindsay's youngest, Sarah is quite the critic. Uh-huh. Um, she will let you know how it is. And it was really cute. Cause she was the first one to get a slice and, um, and our social distance picnic. And so she came by, she walked over to me, like really like suavely. Uh-huh. She stopped and like popped her hip. It was like, listen, Maddie, this cake is pretty good, but I'm just going to tell you right now that the texture is kind of weird. <laughs> and then I did not hear her say that. Yeah, she, yeah, she said that. And then I was like, do you know why the texture is weird? And she was like, no, why? And I was like, I put cookies in it. And then she looked at it and she went, oh, okay, never mind. This is great. And then she just took around <laughs> and kept eating it. <laughs> it was just the cutest thing. And then, um, <sighs> right before you, you guys left. So my parents have this backyard and there's a swing set, um, that doesn't really get used, but, uh, Lindsay brought her puppy Kona and Kona is a digger and my dog Willie is not. And my parents' dogs are not. Um, but apparently Kona had dug up like an eight to 10 year old, like rawhide that has been yep. in the dirt in this like playground area. Yep. And Willie was eating, he was chewing on it because it looked like a stick. And I was like, Willie doesn't chew on sticks. And so I saw it and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so I grabbed it and I threw it. 
And I attempted to throw it over the fence to like this clearing that's not Uh really anybody's. Um, And instead it hit the roof of their garage and like rolled back down. And Serafina, without missing a beat, said, nice throw, Maddie. (laughs) And like was walking to the car. I was like, oh my God, she is just... She's savage. She's the best. Like, oh my God. I laughed so hard. And I think Thomas missed it because he he was looking at me like, what did she do? Do I need to like punish her? Yeah. It was just so funny. (laughs) Nice throw, Maddie. Uh (laughs) But yeah, it was, it was a good time. I, I had fun. It was nice seeing you guys. What about you? What's a, what's a good thing this week? So our first um, foray into merch arrived this week. Mm-hmm. And I ordered, like I said, my, uh, my beef t-shirt. And which it's all- funny because it's also like a beefy t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> it's a beefy, it's, it's the beef tea on a beefy t-shirt. Yeah. It's really Perfect. comfortable. I really like the fabric of the, the tea. I got the tri poly blend shirt. Ooh. Highly recommend. Nice. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I got a couple tank tops too. Um, too. They're really soft. So if anybody orders any of our merch, I hope you would let us know what you think of it. Because mm-hmm. um, obviously we want to make sure that you guys are happy with our merch. Um, so that's something that we care about. And we will be releasing more stuff. If you become one of our patrons on Patreon, you will get uh, the link first. You will get first pick at the new stuff that comes out. So you didn't include the best part of your birthday. What's the thing? What's the thing you freaked out about a couple of weeks ago? Oh, okay. <laughs> well, yeah. So my parents being the adorable humans that they are um and listeners I, of our podcast yes they had gotten me uh the one of the sam and max games for the wii uh but not a wii <laughs> 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 which is fair because it's expensive but um and i think dad he was like i love you but not that much <laughs> <laughs> and it was all in jest it was all in jest of course yeah but like it was by your own console. I, I got burned a lot yesterday, but it was so, so fun. You were a good um, sport about it. I found a Wii. So it's supposed to come on the 21st of August. <gasps> nice. So I will be retiring from the podcast <laughs> the 21st <laughs> and quitting my job because I will only be playing Sam and Max. Um, if someone can take care of Willie while I waste away playing this game. That'd be great, but I'm stoked. There was, uh, so I, I got season two mm-hmm. of the game. There's two seasons. The first season, the only version of the game I've been able to find is in Spanish. And I almost just want to buy it <laughs> and like learn Spanish via Sam and Max. God. But I won't. But yeah, it was it was pretty great. I got that, and um, I'm excited to play it. Play in a couple of weeks. I'll let you guys know how it is, but I know it's going to be amazing. So, yeah, yeah. So you probably have seen it on Instagram and Twitter, 
but Maddie got me the Plague Doctor plushie for my birthday, and it is the cutest thing ever. And I actually uh, would like help naming him so he can be our new mascot. So I encourage you to throw out your name ideas for him. He is the most adorable little Plague Doctor ever. Uh, I'm leaning towards Hank. Hank. <laughs> he looks like a Hank. <laughs> Doesn't That's a very ye old name. Yes, yeah. Hank. <laughs> yeah. Hank the Plague Doctor. <laughs> hey, you're gonna die. Sorry, I look scary. <laughs> Name's Hank. Hank. <laughs> it's perfect. I love that he has a little medallion. I know. It's so cute. And his it might not have come through very clear on the video. But his lantern actually glows in the dark. Oh, cute. So you have to, like, charge it, Keep obviously. It yeah. Otherwise, it's not going to work. But, um, right. yeah. So Also, kinda... shout out to Squishables for it. They're not sponsored, but, like, um, apparently this was a huge, huge, huge release. Like... Um, almost as big as or at, bigger than their Christmas order. So thank you for like still sending it. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I didn't mind waiting a couple of weeks. I was just so I was just happy that you got it. Yeah. Um, so if you if you want to check them out, we recommend that you do. They're just good people making cute mm-hmm. things. So highly recommend. Yeah. Get your own Hank. Get your own Hank. Hank Jr. We can just like do Hank Jr. 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 Juniors. Instead of like Hank the first, second, it's just Jr. Like Jr. Squared. Yep. Shall we? Yep. You can find us online at yeoldcrimepodcast.com. Follow us on social media at yeoldcrimepod on Twitter and yeoldcrimepodcast podcast on Instagram. Mm-hmm. You can also email us at yieldcrimepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear any questions you want to ask us or share any paranormal or true crime stories you'd like to share. Obviously, we think they're pretty awesome. So Mm -hmm. anything you'd like to send to us would be greatly appreciated. If you're enjoying the podcast so far, please consider giving us a five-star rating or review on Apple Podcasts or pod chaser or wherever you listen to podcasts because it really helps us out and it's also great to hear what you like about the podcast so we can continue to do what you like (laughs) so um, this is like selfishly our project we also want to make you happy too yeah we want to make sure you guys continue to enjoy the show um if you would like to support us to help us um keep the show going because we are an independent podcast and we do fund this ourselves you can support us at yield crime podcast on patreon and as always i'm Lindsay. i'm madison and we'll see you next time with another tale as old as